Hello and welcome to For Heaven's Sake, a Seventh Heaven podcast. This is episode 1117, titled Small Miracles, and we are your co-hosts, Lady J. And T. How are you, T? I'm nice and fancy. How are you? Uh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm toasty. Nice. Feeling good. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. whoop, whoop. 11, 17. Small Here miracles. <laughs> but seriously, what are the small miracles other than Eric is not dying? What, the raven? Like, I don't, what the fuck is the small miracles? The twins? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh. Basically, this episode, in a nutshell, is dealing with... I think like insecurities, right? Yeah. Insecurities in relationships, interpersonal, like romantic or platonic. Yeah. Insecurities in with your with your faith, mm-hmm. with your beliefs. Insecurities about not knowing what to do with your future, like to like yeah. to take a path or to choose something that's different than what you thought or whatever. Yeah. It's every single character is really dealing with that mm-hmm. in one way or another, and I think the least consequential or lowest stakes example of that is sandy and dr boy (laughs) dr boy no seriously what is his name i think it's jonathan but i'm not sure okay um so which we can just get into her and kind of close that book because it's really just a drop in the bucket like essentially she's still dating that doctor guy from two episodes ago yeah they have some pretty good chemistry i actually am digging it yeah and more importantly sandy's really digging it. oh yeah she's she is. really into this guy and he seems to be really into her mm-hmm. and they're gonna go to the movies on a date yeah and mac is at the ticket booth worst and <laughs> when he sees that it's her he gets i think on behalf of martin gets a little defensive yeah like, oh, who's this? What are you guys doing? Like, do you think it's right for you to be dating someone other than the father of your baby? Whatever. Yeah, like, okay, good on you, Mac. But at like, good on you, Mac, in the sense of looking out for your friend. But guess what? It's not necessary. Your friend is a grown man. And also, Sandy's a grown-ass woman. Yeah. Who has made her decision about Martin already. Yeah, they can... They can deal with it themselves. But I do love what happens here, like how Jonathan is like totally just fucking with Mac. Yes. I work with single mothers. You work with them? I'm a resident at Hart County Hospital. You live at the hospital? No, he's a doctor, an OBGYN. An Obgin? Yes. (laughs) Obgin? Fucking, is Mac this dumb? Was Mac ever this fucking stupid? You know what? I'm going to go to a guy in college and be like, hey, Abkin. <laughs> you live at the hospital, hospital is a real question he asked. I know. What? I know. What a psychopath. That is literal psychopathic behavior. You live at the hospital? He's such an idiot. That, that, this just sounds like a little... No, I'm not going to say And it. see, and this is the thing. is like any other character, I would think that it's Mac undercutting him but i i genuinely believe that mac is that stupid it's yeah because he has that like little doe-eyed look every time he has yeah. when, whenever he he has a question yeah. like or he's about to like lay it out there yeah, yeah he kind of like, has that doe-eyed you live look at the hospital like he's genuinely asking because he's a dumb fuck <laughs> yeah because this show doesn't know sarcasm unless it's eric or annie they're right. the only ones that deliver sarcasm everybody else is just terrible at it it's true yeah, yeah, it's true. Okay. All right. Um, well, Ruthie can be sarcastic. And certainly T-Bone can. T-Bone, yeah. Like, it's already part of his makeup. Right, I right, get right, it. Right. Ruthie, well, Ruthie is just more of like rub it in your nose kind of that's shit. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. 
But Eric and Annie and T-Bone probably are like real sort the best at it maybe <laughs> yeah yeah um some british person just like rolled over in their grave like <laughs> the fuck are you talking about i don't mean the best in life i yeah, know the show <laughs> <laughs> um so whatever that happens sandy's like boy bye and then they can't go to the movie that they want to go to because it's sold out so yeah, they have but they make, kill. yeah but they make out yeah they have time to kill and Jonathan makes a comment about how he wants to get Sandy one of them promise rings because we'll get to it. But T-Bone has given Ruthie a promise ring and she's lost the diamond in it. So she spends the entire episode freaking out about it. Um, so Jonathan is like, I want to get you a promise ring. And Sandy's like, what? Why? But then he launches into this like mini monologue mm-hmm. and he honestly... It spoke to me Mm. like the things he's saying I totally resonated with like it's almost like a combination of like what you want to hear every guy say to you Mm -hmm. but also simultaneously like you're hoping that you're never in that position but also like you know you are and (laughs) so then that's why you want to hear him say it the way he does. I want us to promise each other something. And what is that? That we give this a chance a real chance. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to find myself falling madly, deeply in love with you, only to find out that I really want things to work out with Aaron's father. What's that look? You actually think it's possible for you to fall deeply and madly in love with me? I think it's more than a possibility. I just want to take it slow. But at the same time, I don't want to take it so slow that you doubt I'm really crazy about you. That's the perfect fucking line. It's so good. It's so good. I feel like it's also what it is like to be single and trying to find relationships when you're like older, like in yeah. your 30s. Like, when when you're done playing the bullshit games of like, oh, I'm going to wait three days to text and all that shit, where, where if you're going to go for something with someone, yeah. you want there to be a baseline understanding of like, we're going to try to make this work, right? Yeah. And you cut through all that bullshit. Yeah. You know, let's, let's try to make this work, but let's not rush it. But, right. but also know that like, we don't take it too slow. Cause then it yeah. feels like, okay, what's happening? What's you know, happening? Right? Like, it's just, it's a perfect verbalization yeah. of that thing that I think speaking as a single person in her thirties, like it's the, it's that, it's that feeling of like putting yourself out there and saying, you know, I want to, if I'm going to do this, yeah. I want to do it. I want to exactly. fully do it. Yeah. I want there to be a baseline level of commitment to where we're not just fucking around. Exactly. But I also want to be cautious and I don't want to like fall head over heels tomorrow, you know? Like it's just I loved it. I thought yeah. it was really well written, well expressed, didn't feel fake. It felt really real and good. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> no, it it's yeah, no, it, it kind of resonated with me too. Uh, yeah, it really did actually, because it's how I feel about it. Like most people going into a relationship, it's just like, dude, take your time, but don't go, th- don't go at a snail pace, right? Like because, you know what you want, right? You exactly. know what you want. I'm not, I'm not playing the field here, where yeah. I'm gonna like only give you a little bit at a time. You know, you being cautious is like survival mechanism. Yes, in all honesty, yes, it's survival. However, don't bullshit me. Right, that's it. 
Right. If you're going to take your time, okay, there's a level of pace until you feel comfortable. Okay, I'm going to go with that. But don't be fucking slow. And and I love that. And especially because a guy is fucking laying it out there. And I love that he admits like I could see myself falling madly in love with you. Yeah. And I and and he's like, no, this is a possibility. Well, and essentially what he's really saying in that moment is like, I'm open to it. Like I'm coming into this thing with you. Yeah. With the knowledge and the openness that I will fall madly in love Mm -hmm. with you. I'm not closed off. I'm not hesitant. Like, I'm in this to win this. Yeah. And so that's what the promise is, is like promise that we're going to we're each going to equally come at this with that level of willingness and openness and commitment baseline, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's really magical. And I think that there's this clarity that comes with being a little bit older. I don't know how old Jonathan is. We know Sandy's like mid 20s, but like there's a clarity that comes with being a little bit older and having gone through whatever you've gone through Mm -hmm. and like past relationships and scars and all that shit and knowing what you want and feeling confident and comfortable with that and like leading with that, you know? Yep. It's, it's nice. It's nice to see, honestly. Yeah. It was kind of a healthy relationship. Yeah. That you've seen on seventh heaven, which is why I'm really hoping that it doesn't all go in the trash can for Simon. Cause Uh, what a waste. Yeah, it's true. What a waste. Yeah, it's true. Especially because that character, Simon, is not Never around. Never coming back, yeah. He's not around. Who cares? Yeah. At this point? Yeah, like, why would Brenda bring that up and yeah. he's never going to be there? I'm sorry. In the Christmas episode, apparently he's been gifted a sign of purpose. purpose. All right, then let him then have it. follow it. Yeah. Dude. It doesn't yeah. have to be with Sandy. Please don't, right. please I know. don't please, take please, me there. Please, please, please. Please don't please. take me there. I, I can hear Cheryl, like, already oh. going, ah. Oh. <laughs> we know you're out there cheryl come at us <laughs> i um, called you out only because like i, I like your insights dude. yes you are you are very insightful we appreciate it please don't feel like we're not appreciative um anyway so that's sandy that's all that happens with her okay bye that was loud can y'all hear those bikes in the background imagine they can't and then we're just idiots to talk about bikes that no one can hear vroom vroom <laughs> Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom, bitch. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> Did you hear it now? <laughs> All right. Um, so that's them. I want to touch on what Lucy's going through in this episode. Because it's it's significant, but it's not the whole thing. Okay. So she's with Kevin, and they're hanging out. And then she goes to leave, and she opens the door, and there's this fucking raven on her doorstep and she screams she freaks out okay was that was that raven like two colored like two it had like a white patch along its back okay. but it was mostly black right yeah that's what i think like i was just curious it if had you like s- a patch of like whitish pinkish yeah. something yeah it's an interesting looking bird mm-hmm. um i think it was a crow though i don't think it was quite a raven yeah yeah i i thought it was a crow Dude, those crows crows just get big. Yeah, they do. Especially late I don't know. Lately around my house I'm seeing a lot of crows and I'm like, oh yeah, my they're God. out. They're, y- they y'all look out. like beasts. When were crows ever that big? Maybe I just never you paid know attention. What it is? It's that they're not afraid to get up close either. That's, that, like they yeah. just they're just in society. Like here we are. We're just crows. You know? Yeah. They're huge. Yeah. I I wonder how how what it would feel like to hold one or like how heavy are they? <laughs> But I'm sure I can Google that. Super shit. heavy. I bet they're. I bet they feel like any other bird. Mm. I 
maybe a little heavier than a pigeon. Oh, for sure, right? Yeah. But no heavier than like a parrot. Oh, probably. Parrots are so pretty. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if you've just joined us, you're joining Bird Talk. Yep. Um, so she sees this thing and she takes it immediately as this bad omen. Yeah. That she shouldn't take this job offer that's come her way. Seriously. From another church. Remember that one time when at Kevin, yeah, that one time at bank cap, when Kevin made a bullshit comment to Lucy saying, <laughs> uh-huh. Oh yeah. I wonder what that would be like her uh-huh. having her own church. I guess it's coming. And now he's the one who's all like, you should do, do it. it. Ugh, fuck off, bitch. <laughs> Ugh, I hate him so much. I hate him so, so much. And he's my new Rose, by the way, if you haven't noticed. Yeah. I, mm. <laughs> Any chance I get to talk shit about Kevin. It um, sucks, man. It does suck. It uh. does suck because I had no reason to hate Kevin until he became a little bitch. Um, <sighs> anyway, so, yeah. So she's flipping the fuck out about this fucking crow. Yeah. And Kevin's like, calm the fuck down. He's like giving her shit for it, you know, whatever. And she's like, you don't know, man. Like, yeah. this bird is out there. Like, it's out to get me. She's struggling. She, again, it comes back to insecurity. She doesn't know what to do. Insecurity and also indecision and signs right and and like this this thing happens throughout the entire episode uh, kevin eric doesn't believe in signs annie kind of does like she needs validation she okay so let's talk about it so at the beginning of the episode the two of them are canoodling in bed they've bought themselves an extra what hour because she's taught the kids how to make toast and apparently they like to toast each one at a time time. (laughs) because it's more fun that way yeah and so they're all ready to get it on and she just makes an innocent comment yeah. about how, you know, or rather Eric is a little defensive because he t- he's like, oh, are you doing this because you are trying to have as much time with me as possibly before I die kind of a thing? And she's like, she's like, no, I know you're going to live. I believe that you're going to live through this and yeah. live a long, happy life. It would just be nice if there was some sort of sign that we could like hang our hat on to to do that. And know? I and I get that with Annie because totally like, look, like she, she if anybody has faith in that house other than you, Eric, or sometimes even more faith, it's Annie. Annie's also the person who's who's lived through the most loss. Yeah, it's like, true. She lost her mom tragically. Yeah, her dad had a slow death. Mm-hmm. Like. She's experienced a lot of loss, and so she knows what's what she's up against yeah. if she loses Eric. So if there's a little hint of doubt or a little hint of fear, don't you know where that's coming from, right. Eric? Come on, bitch! Like, and then he and then he totally turns on her. He's like, "Nope, you don't believe in you don't have faith. You don't believe I'm going to survive. Oh, signs! Oh, God! Blah, blah. You don't you think God's in the business of giving us signs and omens and shit?" And she's like, "Eric, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Like, yeah. I'm saying I believe. I have faith." All I said innocently and like and she's almost like, never mind. I said it. Sorry. Like, yeah, move on. Can we go back to where we were, please? Like we were about to fuck. Like, yeah. you know, seriously, and he's like, you know, I'm not really feeling it right now. You're like, you're seriously going to pass it up. <laughs> like, come on. How many fucks do you have? left? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I had to go there. Sorry. I love it. Um, so so now they're in a tiff over the, some, some stupid comment she made. You yeah. Know, which she admits it was a stupid thing she said. Whatever. You know. He won't let it go. And then he goes outside to feed the birds because yeah. the kids accidentally burnt a slice of toast, uh-huh. which we have to listen to them talk about that. Maybe it's a sign from God that Sam shouldn't make toast. Why wouldn't God want me to make toast? Because you burn it. Because <laughs> you burn it. <laughs> just very honest, because you burn it. These two in this moment gave me so much life. Like just David, very matter of factly being like, yeah, you suck at toast, Sam. Because yeah. <laughs> you burn it. <laughs> And poor Sam's like, mm-hmm. uh, he's like I burnt toast. <laughs> but then he saves himself because he's the one that finds the diamond in the end. Yeah. And so David's like, maybe you can make toast. <laughs> These kids, man. They're so stupid. So Eric goes outside to like feed the birds the burnt toast. Yeah. And there's this crow's nest sitting there. And so he immediately freaks out, which again, then only speaks to the reason he got so defensive with Annie. The reason he flipped out on her is because he has his own doubts. Clearly. Yeah. He he's struggling with his own sense of faith and belief and wanting there to be something he can hang his hat on, you know, because and Annie says it too, like, I believe you're going to live, but I wish the fucking doctor's reports would show it. You know what I mean? Because clearly his reports aren't getting any better, which means his heart's still enlarged. His levels haven't come down, blah, blah, blah. And so he sees this crow and he fucking loses it. Yep. And he becomes debilitated, like he's paralyzed. He can't. Yeah. He cannot leave that porch. It's almost like he believes death is truly outside his door. Yeah, yeah. He takes the crow as an omen of death. Yeah, and it shatters him. And he has this appointment to go see Red, their neighbor. Oh yeah. Who? Because that's what he does. Is he visits people? Mm-hmm. And Annie's like, "You get your ass up, get dressed, and go do your job, because that's what you got to do." Yep. And he's like, "Oh, I'll just tell him I came. He doesn't know anything anyway. He keeps forgetting. He tells me the same story about his war stories, whatever, all day long." And Annie's like, "No, no, you are gonna go because you made a commitment, and yeah. that's what's gonna happen." So he goes. And Red's telling the same story about how he got shot in the leg and that's Mm -hmm. how he got whatever. And Eric's just like humdrum, like listening and like not paying attention. Or basically just commenting, oh, yeah, you've said this to me several times. He doesn't quite use those words, but you can tell that's what he's thinking, you know. And because then then Red will like reset every couple of minutes. He'll be like, did I tell you about the time I got shot? And Eric's like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not. He's checked out. Like, Eric yeah. is not listening. He, he, like, the way Eric painted Red out was as if he is senile. A old or, fool, yeah, yeah, or, you know, going, not all, dementia, something, Some. something along the line. He's lines. not well. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, old he's man. not going to miss me. Whatever. Yeah. It's, and when you hear him obviously speak and you're, you're seeing him move around. I'm like, no, no, no. This guy's all together. Somehow y'all are miscommunicating. See, I didn't read that way. I, I didn't understand that red wasn't all those things we just said he we you know he, we think he is until he got up which he only gets up because so he starts to tell the story again to eric right and this time eric's fed up and he's like you have several times you yeah know? and he goes oh sorry like he kind of like takes it on the chin a little bit yeah. you know and then and then he's i don't know what eric says something like i gotta go whatever and um 
and Red's like, oh, you know, I was in the army. And, and Eric makes a comment about like how I was too, or my, my, my dad was too. Rather. Yeah. And Red goes, I know you tell me that every time you come here. And that's when you're like, as the audience, you're like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's true, but I will admit when he starts, when he's in his house and they're talking, I was like, seeing his reaction and then also seeing um, Red, it Red looked like he was trying to entertain him from the see, like well, from the beginning. I know you're right. I I know. I just that. didn't read it that way. I which know. I should have because you're right. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just read it that way. I was like, okay, it looks like he's entertaining him, and this one is bored. And it's like, why aren't you guys you're actually talking? I know what is happening here. And so finally, when Eric, when Red is able to snap Eric out of it, yeah, right, then he gets up and he gives Eric his purple heart that he was given, yeah, awarded for being shot in the line of service, yeah, and. Eric's like, I can't take this. Like, you know, you earned this. And he's like, yeah, you earned it too. You've listened to me tell the same story 15 times, you know, whatever. Yeah. And that's when Eric finally opens up and starts telling Red about why he's the way he is today and mm-hmm. da, da, da. And then we learn that the crow was Red's crow, crow all along. along. Yeah. Which, if Eric's been going over there every fucking day for the last, I don't know how long, Did wouldn't he, he have never seen, seen the fucking crow? Apparently not. The fucking perch is right behind Red's chair. Like, it would be sitting there the whole time. And the only reason it ran away or flew away this time is because Red forgot to feed it, so he was out foraging for food. Good job, Brenda. (laughs) Not only did you put Kevin and George in the same room, (laughs) you put Eric in the house of Red where he had a raven or a crow (laughs) for weeks. 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 And he's just finding out that Red had a bird when he's it's repeated so, a thousand different... so ridiculous. So ridiculous. But okay, we're supposed to believe that that's the case. And Red is like very like casually just like feeding his crow and there yeah. it is. And Eric is finally like understanding now that it's not a sign. It's not anything. It's just yeah. it was his own doubts, his own fears, whatever. And then he's looking at the Purple Heart and he tells Red, he's like, I, I really can't take this and he's like i wasn't really gonna give it to you fool (laughs) i love i was really gonna give it to you fool i was just it was just to snap you out of your fucking reverie he's like you got it cool yeah i'm gonna take it back now because i was the one that got shot that's right not you i did earn it yeah (laughs) which of course like i mean all jokes aside like of course red's not gonna give away his purple heart it's that that thing's gonna get buried with him you know i mean i would hope so it should be like yeah. that shit's like real dude like yeah. yeah um so yeah that happens that happens Annie and Lucy have that heart to heart because Lucy realizes like she's not going to be able to make a decision unless yeah. she talks it out with her dad and her mom and yeah. and it's not a selfish decision that it's something that they come to as a family and that it's the right thing for them and that it's okay that she uproot her family to go wherever this church is kind of thing and she's talking to her mom and eric's not there because he's with red and so annie and lucy get to have this little moment between mother and daughter where annie's telling lucy about how she's kicking herself for saying the stupid comment she made and lucy gets to comfort her mom like you know it's not your fault right like we're all just doing the best we can and frankly with the with the fear and this diagnosis of dads like i think we've all handled this really really well you know yeah. like we're all staying positive we're all believing we're all staying you know faithful mm-hmm. and like are having faith rather like 
they have this cute little, you know, like moment. Yeah. And then her mom tells her like, you know, you just got to follow your heart. Like you'll know what to do. Yeah. Thing. Um, I don't know. Do you think I think she'll take it? I think so too. I think that's probably how it's all going to end. Right. She'll go be the pastor of her own church. Yeah. I want her to. I do too. I, I really hope she does. I want her to be able to spread her wings, stake her claim somewhere. Yeah. Start from square one like her dad did. Yeah. You know? Why not? Yeah. I think it's nice. I think it's a nice like full circle sort of symmetry thing if that's how it ends. Yeah. Is like Lucy picking up the mantle of her dad, but like in her own church. Exactly. Yeah. No, good for her. I mean, how long is she going to work with her dad? Or, and then what? Like, and she's just take over because he dies. Like, yeah. That, what, what kind of legacy is that? Exactly. You know? And I don't think, I, I don't know if churches really work that way. I don't know either. I don't know how it works. Like if you're the associate pastor and then and then the pastor goes away, do you just slot in? Or, it, it's, I don't know. it's really weird. But like, um, I know a few family members that love to go to a specific church and then the priest was moved somewhere else. Yeah, that happens all the time too. They, they, they especially mo- in the Catholic yeah, Church. Yeah. Well, and they moved him somewhere else only because they're like, Okay, you did you did a great job here. We're moving you here because we want you to do the same thing. But every all his parishioners not parishioners, but everybody that like loved in the congregation. Yeah, like that loved him, when they saw that he left, they were upset. Yeah. And like they know that he's gonna obviously he needs to do more work, but like I from from what I saw at that moment was they moved him out of there and even he himself had no idea that they were going to push him out of that church into something else. Yeah. I mean, that does happen because essentially I don't, I don't want to use the wrong, wrong terms and I hope it doesn't come off to our listeners. Like I'm trying to like make a statement or whatever, but I think when you go to seminary school, right. Yeah. You essentially are like signing, like 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 you're buying into a club, right? Like, yeah. Like it's like you're, you're giving you're signing a waiver, right? And you're basically saying, "So here I am, use me." Yeah. Right? And then they do, and you get pulled into wherever you're needed, wherever yeah the, the the space is that you can fill, right? Be it because you're so good, they need your specific yeah. talent, or simply because there's a spl- there's a slot to fill or yeah. whatever. You know, I've never seen that ever taken. I've never seen that happen in my life, like or to see people's reactions. I've never seen that until recently, and I was like, damn, and like to see everybody reacting to it, and mm-hmm. like I don't. I don't go to church every Sunday. I go once in a while. And that's if I'm staying in church. Half the time I'm observing everybody else. I can't help it. It's just what my mind does. It's like when I go to a funeral, I I start making jokes. I can't help it. Yeah. I am not. I'm going to make an uncomfortable situation comfortable for myself. Right. So there are times where I go to church and I'm just people watching and I can hear what they're saying, but I'm like, hmm. And then I go outside and I sit under a tree. I'm like, all right, I'm in church now. But yeah, honestly, I feel more like, quote unquote, at church at a cemetery. It's <laughs> like thinking odd. about like, you know, contemplating life and existence yeah. and, and mortality and those types of things that that are what faith is all about anyway. Yeah. You know? Like that's when I find myself like at peace enough to like have that communication channel. Exactly. Be open, yeah, yeah, know? yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I, I'm all for that. I don't know. It's just, it's I'll be honest. I think there's something because you and I are both like Armenian and the church were the church we've experienced as the Armenian church. And there's something performative about 
Armenian church services. Yeah. Like it's not quite to the level of Catholics. Yeah. But it's it's not far from it either. You no, know, it's I mean? not. Like, it's, yeah, it's it's not in it's not in a language we can understand. There's very like there's very much like ceremonial, like you got to stand, you got to sit, you got to yeah. kneel, you know, stuff like that. And so there's a level of removal yeah. where it's not, it doesn't feel like a personal relationship it to doesn't. God or yeah, to yeah. higher power or whatever. It just feels more like performative than anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but that's but my I, experience I under, with No, it. I get what you're saying. I, I get it. I want, I think I've experienced a Catholic wedding once or twice in my life, but like the full ceremony and actually seeing how it goes down my mind was blown and how long it takes yeah how long yeah. it takes i was like what i mean yeah uh, frankly armenian weddings are just as long for my taste i'm sure catholics are longer but but, but there's like there's it never fails every time i go to an armenian wedding like where i go to the church party yeah it, like it never fails. There's this moment where it feels like it should be over. Like it feels like it's almost like like things like kind of like it. pause for a second, right? And like they're done talking and you're like, okay, it's over. And then it goes on for another hour after that. And you're like, God damn it. Every time I get tricked into that false sense of like, whew, we did it, you know? Yeah, no. I- weddings man yeah church man honestly (laughs) church man see because that and that's what it is like i think there's something to be said about the i think they're protestant right on the show yeah they are protestant yeah like i'm not a religious person i don't do that whole thing but like i could see myself going to a church like eric's and at least appreciating it for what it is because yeah you know there's there's music happening and there's like somebody just talking to you about something that that hopefully will resonate with you on some level yeah. in some small way you'll take something away from it and you'll feel good and your heart is full and you had a community with people and then you in your literal community and that's it and that's an it's a nice way to spend a couple hours on yeah. a sunday like it's chill you know you should you should definitely go to church in New Orleans. Oh, good call. You should go to church in New Orleans. For our I, listeners, I, I'm going to New Orleans. Yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't been, but... Actually, when this airs, I will be I will be there? No, I'll be going in a week from now. <laughs> yeah, but um, my, my mom no, recently... No, I will be there. <laughs> yeah, you will. But my mom recently went to New Orleans, and she, she says... It was it was awesome to hear this from my mom, but hearing her say like we walked by churches or we would go into a church and she said the true definition of a church, the door is always open mm-hmm. to anybody. She goes, it's real there. Yeah. So go I witness that. I think I think that would be really a, a, a nice experience. I think so. I, I like if that's the definite like doors are open, all is welcome. I want to see that because mm-hmm. most people, when you when you see them at church, they're always dressed up really well, you know, Sunday service, whatever. Sure. But my mom said when she when she went, she goes, I loved it. She goes, it was a little shocking. She goes, but I loved it. I was like, yes. OK, that's all I wanted to cool. hear. So who knows? Maybe I'll be there as we speak. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so kind of, sort of like that's what happens in this episode like 
seriously, did we do it all? Well, okay, we barely touched on the diamond of it all. So, oh, (laughs) (laughs) really, that's it, though, right? So T Bone gives her this diamond, and she she wakes up in the morning and she's lost it. Or it's fallen out of her ring. Yeah. And let us be clear, ladies and gentlemen, this diamond is the size, according to T-Bone, the size of a pinhead. Yeah. Like, to the naked eye on the screen, you can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> like You definitely can't. You really can't. Um, it's And part of me feels like, what is it, like, not even real, maybe, you know? Like, I thought, it's I thought, probably real, but... It was probably real, but a part of me thought that is that where this is leading to for T-Bone to say, by the way, it's not real? Yeah. I kind of was hoping it was that that, that he did get to say that in the end. Yeah. Because also, too, like, I feel bad. Like, I understand that it's probably not very expensive, but, like, you dropped diamond money and you're like, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, no, you should care, yeah. T. Like, you're 17. You live... Well, okay, now you live with the Camden's house. Before you were staying at the alone. church. I mean, you were yeah. emancipated after all. It's you true. Know. Anyway, long story short, so you have this diamond. She wakes up in the morning screaming because she lost her diamond. Like, you remember how everybody was involved with her tattoo? Everybody's involved with this ring. Yes. Everybody. Everybody is literally on hands and knees, like, pouring over the house, trying yeah. to find the diamond because Ruthie herself won't let it go. Everybody all admits to each other like this is useless this is pointless we're never gonna yeah. find this fucking pinprick diamond yeah but ruthie is so insistent she's freaking the fuck out about it and t-bone multiple times has to be like honey like what is this like i'm t- i'm telling you now don't trip yeah. the ring is still the ring it still means what it meant diamond yeah. or no diamond like why is this so important to you and we eventually come to realize that Ruthie is insecure. She is tripping because she recognizes that she forced T-Bone's hand by getting this tattoo thing as a symbol for her love, right? Or for his love. And she understands too that the, that he got her that ring because he felt bad that he didn't get a giant tattoo of her name like she did of his. Yeah. So she's tripping because she's like, I, I feel bad enough as it is. And then now I lost this diamond. Y'all just suck at communicating. That's what it boils down to. Welcome to seventh heaven. T. Exactly. <laughs> Y'all just suck at communicating. Yeah. So then T-Bone gets to sit her down and, and, and basically tell her like, listen, ring or no ring, diamond or no diamond. I got you this thing because I needed you to know that I care about you as much as you care about me. And I failed at the tattoo thing. So I felt like this was my gesture. But the gesture is just a gesture. Like, I love you. Yeah. And ring or no ring, diamond or no diamond, like that right now is a gesture. Me telling you that I love you, this is what it is. This is this is everything I needed to say kind of a thing. Yeah. And she feels, and that helps her feel a little bit better. And so they tell each other that they love each other and it's, it's really cute. Mm-hmm. And then the twins come out from under the bed and they found the diamond. And, oh, and, yeah. and they do it and they show it to Ruthie and she's like, eh. <laughs> right bitch you found it at least put it back in the ring and and you know what the other thing was that kind of annoyed the shit out of me which is it's just my own personal gripe you see jane margaret and fucking mac on the floor which everyone's checking each other's ass by the way which was nasty but anyways everyone's checking each other's ass out but when ruthie comes down to the kitchen while these three are on their hands and knees trying to find this fucking diamond Ruthie walks out the door. I'm like, bitch, 
help them why aren't you looking not only does she just walk out the door she spends the whole episode like fucking directing everyone's searches like what are you doing Ruthie? yeah seriously do you care why like, is everybody are else you looking? on your hands and knees? I mean, she was for a minute in the beginning, but yeah. then the rest of the episode, fucking Kevin's like coming up with the plan. Okay, we're gonna tape off the house into a grid, and everyone's gonna take a grid, and we're not, and we're gonna mark the grids as checked. And I'm like, why does Kevin care all of a sudden? I don't know. Apparently, he's an officer. He knows these things. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how to. He knows how to organize a search party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, you take this. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? He's like going to give them flashlights and shit. <laughs> That's what they should have, though. They should have good Smart. flashlights. But they're also doing the thing that the only thing that you can do is like feel. Yeah. They're just like Pat patting down. every inch of the floor of the entire fucking house. <sighs> and it was just under the bed the whole time. Like, yeah. How, first of all, how did it get there? I yeah. guess it rolled like it fell and rolled. I, I guess know. so. It's lame. Who knows how jewelry works? I'm kidding. <laughs> and how does jewelry work, though? Was it glued in there and then it fell out? Like, how does the diamond just fall out of a you ring? You know, honestly, I don't know, but it, it's definitely the setting. It's the setting that holds it right. in. It's not like it was glued in. Yeah, right? it's not glued. So de- what, the setting so. was a little loose and then it just popped Probably. out? Probably, yeah. How, how loose could the setting have been in the first place? That diamond is the size of, is the size of a pinhead. I mean... Poor T-Bone. <laughs> I know. No, but see that. But again, I go back to like all the more reason why the punchline should have been it wasn't even a real diamond. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. To make to make everybody feel better, including the audience. Yeah. Feel better about it. Because otherwise, I'm just like sad for T-Bone. Yeah. That, that he bought a diamond and is like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like he should care. Yeah, it's a bigger it's a deal. For, yeah, it's a bigger deal for you than it is for me. Right. Which he says as much. But like, I don't know. I w- I kind of wish that at the end of the day, T-Bone was able to just say, you know, it's fake, right? Like, it doesn't even matter. Like all the more reason why it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. What it means is that I love you. Still never understood promise rings. I don't understand. Like, I, I mean, I kind of got it in high school, like in the sense of why people do it. Well, but at the same time, I, I was just, but even in high school, while I was in high school and I saw people giving each other promise rings, I remember thinking, why though? See, but that's an interesting thing because it comes up a couple of times on the yeah. episode. Like, I think Lucy talks about it and, and Eric and Annie talk about it. Like, what what's the point of it, right? Yeah. Like, what does it symbolize? And they say even, like, the show does a good job of saying like it means different things to different people. Yeah. Like for some people it's it's about it's about purity, right? It's like saying I won't sleep with anyone else and until, then, until yeah. we get married or whatever. For other people it's it's a promise like what Jonathan wanted to do with Sandy, right? Yeah. It's that it's that baseline commitment level of like we're going to be in this to win this together. Right? Yeah. Like it's a it's just a it's just a symbol of of a commitment on some level yeah whatever that level is for you mm-hmm. or for that relationship you know yeah i don't necessarily think it's a bad thing intellect like as an idea yeah, i know i think unfortunately it's a it's been a little bit co-opted by the religious community like you don't really get a lot of secular promise rings happening. You know what I mean? It's a little bit like something that really tends to seems to be happening in religious circles, you know, which makes me feel, feel icky because I'm not religious and I don't buy into religion as a concept or whatever. Um, 
or as a social construct. Um, but the idea that it's just a symbol of like a commitment on some level, I don't hate that. Like, yeah. why do I wear my clottering? You know, yeah. like it's become that for me a little bit. Like mm-hmm. it is for me a symbol of my singledom until it's not. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, okay, I hear you. You know, I don't know. I like the symbol of the clottering. It's so sweet. I do too. I love I, it. I love everything about it. I love what the three things symbolize. I love that there's like tradition about how to wear it. Yeah. I love all of it. Like I, I've, I've completely bought into it. Like ever it's, since I got myself one. It's so sweet. Yeah. Um, so that's this episode. Jesus. Let's rate this sucker. Two thumbs down. Really? I'm kidding. <laughs> That was a nice, really? <laughs> I was really acting there. Yeah, because no, for a quick second, I was like, wait, why? Wait, wait weren't we talking about the same episode? <laughs> no, we were. <gasps> I'm going to give it one thumb up, one thumb down. Okay. Because I think there was something happening here. Like, there, even the I, subtle, even yeah. the subtlety of like all three characters that are going through a crisis. Yeah. The reaction is that they're screaming. Ruthie screams when her Mm -hmm. diamond falls. Lucy screams when she sees the crow. Eric screams when he sees the crow. Yeah. There's a like that's some cool symmetry happening. Like I dig that. I dig. I dig when the writing reflects the rules of storytelling, you know? Yeah. Like I'm into that. So for that reason, I'm going to give it a thumb up. Okay. All right. But just one. Just one. And don't squander it, Seven. Don't use it all in one place because you probably ain't getting married. Seriously, <laughs> episode 17, y'all. <laughs> but this is not my first thumb up. No, I know. But it is, I still have yet to give a single episode two, I think, this season. Mm. Have I given anything a two thumbs up? Ben will know. <laughs> yeah, Ben will know. Um, Yeah, I just, it's a, it's whatever. It's fine. I'm like. It's whatever. It's fine. It's, it, it's what we said in the last episode. Yeah. I just, I'm at a point with the show where I'm just like, just do your worst, honestly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hit me with it. Let's go. <laughs> Whatever. You know, I don't know anymore. I just don't, I don't know what the benchmark for good or bad yeah. is. Just hit me with, with your best show. shot. If there is no best shot, just, then, then just hit me. Just me already. Yeah. <laughs> hit me with your best shot. <laughs> okay. Yep. That's so. Um. Yeah. That's going to do it for us, folks. You know where to find us. Send us those emails. Let us know what you're thinking. Um, We want to hear from you guys. We want to do something really special for our last episode. So we're excited to, like, get some stuff from you guys to hear from you. And uh, until next time, bye. Bye.